Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Reformed Meditations. We're back again with another episode, and we wanted to consider, since it's, again, a little bit timely, uh, the issue of should pastors preach politics from the pulpit? Maybe we'll start there. Uh, do we have a pastor in the room that could that could op- opine on such an issue? Yeah. Um, uh, yes, I, I am here. Uh, so, Pastor Dana from Redemption Bible Church uh, here. So, we are all, um, Peter calls, um, he says in First Peter chapter 5, I exhort the elders as a fellow elder to shepherd, to pastor the flock of God that is among them. And so, since you are both elders, um, I'm going to just go right ahead and say you are both called to shepherd, to pastor the flock of God that is here uh, among us. Yeah. Um, So we do want to address the issue of, uh, particularly in Ohio, issue one is the issue um, that has got us uh, thinking and talking about um, the role of uh, the church in in political engagement, and one of the things that I will um, frequently do in um, in our prayers, um, my pastoral prayer, when I get up every Sunday, I try to that we are commanded. Paul writes in First uh, Timothy to pray for kings and all those in authority over us, and so I regularly will pray for um, some aspect of our the authorities, whether that's local, state, national. Um, or even like in the case of uh, what's going on around the world right now, we might even pray for of other nations and for our brothers and sisters, for example, in Ukraine or Russia or um, even at places that aren't necessarily in the news right away, um, North Korea or wherever. Um, and so, yeah, we are called to pray for and, um, and also to, um, uh, I believe, to be s- some level of involvement as our nations allow us to. And we live in a, in a place that is... Um, has more than more than just encouraged um, political involvement, and so I'm happy to pray for Christians to be involved in all levels of um, government involvement. I think that's a good thing. What do you guys think, Steve? Well, I I think we should recognize the fact that it is extremely unusual in church history for believers to have any say in their government. That's not normal. And we're very blessed to be in the position to get a vote and to be able to influence our our government and our rulers and and what the law of the land is. So I I think we should encourage our our people to participate in the a political process, and there's lots of different ways to do that. I think there's a, a big difference between encouraging our our people to be involved in the process and standing up a, a, behind the pulpit and saying, and here's the guy who you should vote for. Which, which, <clears throat> is, uh, yeah. which is, generally speaking, um, not lawful in our nation, right? I mean... Um, people and and even just not even it being um, illegal or whatever um, 
it, it leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth, I think. Except for, like, if if they agree with me, if I'm the one up there yeah. saying it, if people agree with me, great, rah, rah, you know. But the those who are um, in disagreement, one of the things that I've tried to be really cautious of um, is that we often will have unbelievers in the building. We hope that in every church there are unbelievers that are coming, right? We, we're you know encouraging our people to invite their friends and their neighbors and their coworkers and um, to come and hear the gospel. And I don't want to turn them off because of politics, um, you know, because I'm I'm opposed to you know high taxes or something. <laughs> um, uh, but but we're getting into realms, and really why we wanted to have this discussion is. Um, that we're getting into realms of things that are that are not really political, um, but are uh, so there's pol everything's political, but they're th so like in, in issue one that I mentioned earlier um, is which is an issue that will uh, ultimately it will fully if passed in Ohio it will fully legalize abortion without restriction up until birth, and that's. To me, that's not a political issue. That's a moral issue. Mm -hmm. That is a, a right and wrong issue. You know, uh, that is a, an issue of breaking God's moral law um, in, in, you know, thou shalt not kill, right? It's one of the Ten Commandments that you're, um, you would legalize in our state. And any laws on the books now would be overridden by that. And so, um, yeah, we, we have to speak out and say this is so important for Christians to, to stand up and say, we can't be passive about this because the world is trying to make this stuff happen. Um, the world is trying to um, uh, steal, kill, and destroy, right? That's the, 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 the uh, modus operandi of the, of the world, the flesh, and the devil, to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's what it's trying to do to our families. That's what it's trying to do to our, um, our, our whole society is steal, kill, and destroy, just destruction. And um, what better illustration of that than um, a, a child who uh, we are called to defend, right? That we are, we're called to bring them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. We're, we're, we see that children, I will often pray this as well, children are always a blessing from the Lord. They're not, um, uh, you know, when, when, a, when a family, when a mother, when a mother and father are gifted a child from God, it is, a, it is to be a blessing, um, there may be challenges around the conception. There may be challenges with the children. There may be challenges in their family. I am not minimizing any of those things, but the child is a blessing because the child is made in the image of God. And to destroy that is just frankly appalling and wrong. And so we're quick to say that we as Christians need to be involved in this. Um, what about, uh, so this one's a, in my eyes at least, this issue here in Ohio is a cut and dry issue, right? Like, I have no problem saying, um, you need to go vote no on that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and if you don't vote no, if you vote yes on that, I'll never know this, it's between you and God, but I believe that it's sinful because you're promoting uh, that whole idea of, of death and destruction. And um, so you're working with the enemy to that his ends might be fulfilled. Um, so in that case, I think it is, but what about the issues that are less black and white? How should we think about and get involved in those issues? Well, <clears throat> I think one of the things that we as elders try to, we, we say this 
every so often when we meet is that one of the things that we need to guard ourselves with is that our job is to stay in our lane, right? So our job is not to be the police. Our job is not to be the head of every household represented in the congregation. There, there's, a, you know, there are different institutions, one of which is the church. You also have the family and government. And as elders of the church, our job is not to run the government or to sort of micromanage every household that we can get our, you know, sticky little fingers on. That's not our job either. Our job is to stay in our lane. But sometimes staying in our lane means addressing issues that happen to be political, like the abortion issue. Because the government isn't staying in its lane. Right. right. So, right. And you're going to have, or, or you're even going to have issues that where there's some areas of overlap, right. Right? right? The government says don't murder people. And, and the Bible says something about murdering people. <laughs> so we each have something to say on that, and that's okay. Uh, the, the issue becomes... As it gets more in the gray area, we probably need to use more restraint, maybe as far as I'm telling you vote this way or do this or do that and lean more toward the counsel of scripture is this. Mm -hmm. Here's when I read the Bible, when I discern what God is trying to communicate with us, when it comes to the, these sorts of issues, this is what I believe the counsel of Scripture is. Sometimes it's really overt. It's a no-brainer. Don't do murder, right? Uh, it, it, if you, so everybody, uh, you know, gets their feathers in a ruffle about everything in Leviticus, right? But, but some stuff is, you know, there, there's stuff in Leviticus about don't prostitute your daughter, right? <laughs> yeah, so right. We, we can pretty boldly, you know, plant our feet in the ground, and without any apology, uphold that, you know, proclaim that law. Now, if the day comes when that becomes a politician, God forbid, but if that day comes when that becomes a controversial issue and people are having parades celebrating that, mm -hmm. well, we, I don't think that we need to back off that. Right. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's, that's their problem, not our problem. We were always boldly saying, don't prostitute your daughter. Yeah. Right now, yeah. when it comes to things that aren't as explicit and it's like there's a by implication, there's a principle here. I think we have to exercise some amount of caution and, and not because inevitably my opinion's going to get, you know, is going to be, be get in the water there also. Um, and, and that's a judgment call. And not everybody, not everybody might not agree about where the line is. So yeah, but it does it doesn't mean that we don't have opinions on those things too, right? Absolutely. And and there are things so to kind of make one distinction, there are times when um like I might have a conversation with someone personally who's who uh, so I did. So during COVID, I would have conversations with people personally about whether or not they should get the the vaccine. So now we know that there's a lot of politicization and all of that on that issue but at the time we didn't really know and um and so we would have those conversations but i'm not going to stand up in the pulpit and say we should all be yeah, those our are vaxxers big difference right yeah I, so one thing one thing that i think about when it comes to this issue is as the church we want to have our feet on solid ground and one of the big 
problems of politics is that it is incredibly slippery and built on sand. And so, you know, I, I begin to cringe when I hear, you know, various pastors at various levels of celebrity either endorsing a political candidate, going on the campaign trail, um, um, kind of, uh, bloviating to to the congregation uh, on particular issues that tomorrow could take a very different twist. Um, And so you will then be on record, not only obviously uh, in the recording of that sermon, but in the ears of of the congregants saying you are for this concept or for this bill, and then all of a sudden it gets log-rolled into some abominable piece of legislation that you have now defended but will go on and support various moral evils. So it's, I would rather, speaking for myself and maybe test me on this, but I would rather speak to the particular moral issue behind a political issue. So rather than speak of bill such and such or speak of, of um, candidate bill so and so, right? Uh, <laughs> instead of going that route, actually speak to the deeper issue behind it all, which is like, for instance, for for issue one, the issue of abortion in the state of Ohio. What's it going to be? Um, and there's various other moral dimensions to other aspects of law, but I would rather not go on the record and say I like this act or I like this potential speaker of the house or whatever whatever the case may be and go deeper than that to the actual moral heart of some issue that's pressing the country right and and that's a good point because like so in ohio issue two is about uh commercialization of marijuana usage right Uh, being able to Mm -hmm. buy it commercially and um and i also think that's a that's actually so issue one in my view in our view is very um, black and white, right? If it passes, that's a bad thing for society. It is a bad thing. Issue two, um, I actually think would be a bad thing as well, but it's a much more nuanced thing. Yeah, in a different way. In a different way. There's a lot of, there, there's just a lot of issues wrapped up in that, mm-hmm. and, and and including like people who are genuinely using it for medicinal purposes. There's all kinds of things wrapped up in there that we could have a longer conversation about. That's not going to be from the pulpit, right? That, that might be with the people. And, and I can still have an opinion about that. You know, I don't, I don't think that pastors Mm -hmm. shouldn't be opinionated about Mm -hmm. some of these things, but, but it's certainly not going to be like we, you know, I'm not going to put out a, a press release saying vote vote no on this issue and this issue and vote for you know write in somebody for a school board or something like that. Um, the the other thing and it kind of goes back to what Steve was saying before. This really for me became um, a big thing during COVID. Is is I'm going back to those spheres of authority between so there's there's basically three spheres that god has set up for authority there's the the family right so so the family has authority you know steve as dad has authority over his 
household that nobody else has, right? So there's a specific kind of authority there. Um, and when you get into other, uh, so then the then the church has a specific realm of authority, a sphere of authority that that the church has, and the same thing with the government. And they've all been appointed by God for those things. And so when one starts to overstep another, if the government, like in for example, in socialist communist nations, if they come in and say you have to live here now and you have to do this for work and you have to live, you know, buy this house and drive this kind of trabant or whatever. Um, uh, that's an overstepping of the government authority. And likewise, the church actually can't do that either, right? I don't right, care what kind right. of car you guys drive right. unless you're making sinful debt-inducing decisions that's affecting, you know, like that can be addressed, which goes to what we were saying. But but I don't care if you drive a Honda or a Toyota. Um, or, you know, and also same thing, what kind of work you do. Um, there's things that are better, I think, for Christians to do and things that are not as good. Um, uh, but, but it has to be a, a deeper, like, moral thing. So, so where I'm going, though, is the, the idea of those spheres of authority. During COVID, um, it, it, the government's role, according to Romans 16, is to, to wield the sword. And he's called a minister. That word is actually deacon. So the uh, the government authorities are servants, ministers of God to to do to um, uh, to do God's will um, in that sphere. And um, I, I liken it. So living in Ohio, I liken it to tornado warnings. Um, if the tornado alarms go out, so the government puts this early warning system together, and um, with all all good intentions, right? We we can't look at it and say this is like oh they just want to control our lives, <laughs> right? They actually want to like present prevent the loss of life. So so I view that as a as a, a net good. And um, uh, but if every single Sunday they set off. The tornado warning every Sunday at ten thirty, and said you can't you you know go go everybody go seek shelter. It's not safe to be gathered in churches because churches are going to be targeted by tornadoes. Um, right. Eventually, they eventually the elders of the church have to look out the window and say, "There's no tornado. It's safe to meet." Yeah. And no, even if the, that alarm is still going mm -hmm. off, right? Even if the government is saying, no, 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 it's not, it's not. It's our responsibility to say, actually, you're overstepping. And that's the same thing. That's what we saw during COVID is at the beginning, this is where some people would disagree probably. At the beginning, um, we actually took the government's word for it and said, okay, you know, they were saying all these people are going to die. It is not safe to be together. And we took all of that and said, okay, just like every other church, nearly every other church in the country did, and said, okay, we'll, we'll stop meeting for a while and we'll do what we can online and whatever. And then it became pretty clear that it wasn't the case, that we do know some people who got pretty sick and a few people that died, but it was not the mass panic uh um, that it had been presented as. And so at, at that point, we were, and maybe we waited a little bit long because we'd never done this before, but we finally said, you know what? We're going to meet. We have a responsibility to meet. Mm -hmm. And um, so, so where I'm going with all of that is the government has a specific sphere of authority. The church has a specific sphere of authority and the family does. And especially in those places where the government 
um, is going to take an authority that they don't actually have by God and um, impose them on the church or impose them on the family, like this case of uh, abortion to the point of like that's a that's a they do not have the authority to authorize the murder of children, right? We we are able to say nobody has that authority, um, and and here's why from God's word, no one has that authority, and so it it is the responsibility of individuals. So in our family, we need to teach our children why that's wrong, right? Why the government is wrong on this. And so we have that responsibility and and so that like individual responsibility to go and vote. And then in our churches, um, we have that responsibility to say this is going to be bad for our state. This is going to be bad for the people of our state. We need to um, Mm -hmm. do something, which is vote in in this sense. So um, one more question I want to put out there and see what you guys think. I'll, I'll, I'll speak briefly my perspective on it, but how do we draw the line as, so let's go as individual believers now, instead of just leadership of the church, uh, speaking to the people, but just as individual Christians, how do we begin to draw the line, uh, of, or yeah, make the case for, um, making our political, our voting decisions, making those in line with our um, with our testimony as Christians. So how do we, what's some advice on how to vote more Christianly, I suppose? Um, so I, I, the way, so for example, as, as a way of, of example, um, <clears throat> I, I listened to a, an R.C. Sproul, I, I even forget what session it was, but it was on Renewing Your Mind, and he was talking about... Um, voting on um like tax raises and he actually made an argument for uh, in one specific instance the way something was worded it was um it was actually voting to take more money out of your neighbor's pocket to put it in your own pocket <laughs> and he said last i checked stealing is a violation of the moral law <laughs> i've heard him do that yeah <laughs> and and that was that was pretty uh that that affected me and again it's getting back down to that that moral law dimension behind behind each thing so um i always like to consider when there's a something that's coming to me to vote on not just something that my representative either in columbus or in dc is voting on but something that's up to me to vote on at at bottom is this going to result in more lawfulness in my community before god is this going to lead to a general um, common grace level of obedience to God's objective moral law and then by way of that benefit the community? That's what I like to think of when it's, when it's something that comes down to me to vote on. But I don't know if you guys have any additional advice. Yeah, so you're, you're kind of asking how do we know that, right? Yeah. Um, read your Bible. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I think I think we need to be informed, know what we believe and why we believe it. Um, you know, the the world is is giving us all these messages, uh, particularly so when it comes to like the the tax issue and that example of you know sometimes people will say, well, we need we need more money for welfare programs or this or that or the other thing, 
and um, and and it really it, it takes some discernment because you think, oh yeah, we we should we should provide for the needy, um, and and also it's actually the church that should be doing it, mm-hmm. not the government. Mm-hmm. And uh, so so how do we like it? It tugs our heartstrings. Sure. Right when we hear these reports and stuff, and 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 hear the the politicians say what they're going to do with the money, and um, I listened to a, a some interview with a guy recently um, where he was given the example that whenever government regulation gets involved in um, anything, any industry at all. Um, it always actually makes it more expensive and cost more. And, you know, so, so think of the bureaucracy, red tape, all that kind of stuff actually makes it 10 times worse than it was. And whereas like a person just needs, you know, a job and a meal. Right. Um, and the church is, is told to do that. And, and, and actually maybe this is a little bit of a rabbit trail. So to cut off my mic, if I get going too far, but but some of what our system in our nation has produced in the last 100 years now, or, or since you know, since the Great Depression, one of the things that our nation has produced is a is a dependent class, and so now you have people who are coming to churches looking for handouts that that clearly are just using the system, right? Mm-hmm. They don't want to work, and so it takes a lot of discernment to be able to say. Either to be able to say no, or to be able to say, um, you know what, I'm going to help this person. I know they're lying to me. Mm-hmm. I know they're not telling me the truth. I'm going to help them anyway because because I'm I'm called to right. I I need to help them. I need to buy them a tank of gas or whatever. And it's the Lord's money. We you know we just um, pray that the Lord uses this the kind the kindness of you know if I'm going to be kind to them. Um, and and so we have to be careful of. Um, when we think about those things, like the 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 idea of taxation as as theft, which is what Sproul was talking about, um, which it can be, it, but it, is not in and of itself. Right, it can be theft, right, but it doesn't. It doesn't. That, that's where it really takes a lot of studying God's word and discernment, and talking to other believers. Like, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. You know, whatever the political thing is, um, you know, how should we think about these things? Um, and and knowing that, especially on those those black and white issues, um, not the ones that are so clear, but the ones that are harder to discern, there's going to be people in the church that land on different issues, mm-hmm. different sides of the mm-hmm. issue. And and but because we love one another, we're just going to be able to talk through these things. You know, it's okay to not agree on everything, and um, and move on. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I do think it's it, we need to be um, theologically informed uh, about all of that. Yeah, I I would uh, just kind of to circle back on the stay in your lane issue, and you think about these three institutions: the government, the family, the church. With all of these institutions, you have authority. And as soon as you start talking about authority with sinners, <laughs> all right, it's going to be misused. The, the flip side of that is, well, I don't like authority, right? I don't like any taxes. All taxes are theft. Yeah. Apparently, Jesus got it wrong. 
<laughs> right? Like, so we got to be careful here. There's two, si there's two sides uh, to this where we have a pride problem. One is you have people in authority who kind of get puffed up and they think, you know, not only am I doing such a great job running the government, I've run your church too. <laughs> or that I'm running the church so great, I'm going to tell everybody how how the government should be doing their business because clearly I'm such a genius. I would, I'd be the guy in the White House to fix all the world's problems, right? Because that job's so easy, right? Or the, or the home or whatever. And, and the other side is, I don't like authority over me. I don't want to pay any taxes. I don't want to listen to any church leadership. I don't want anybody telling me. I don't want my dad telling me what time I have to be home. I don't, you know, whatever it is. We're all a bunch of, you know, sinful messes who don't like authority unless of course we have it and then we want to run roughshod over everybody under our boot heel and so we need to proceed with a great deal of humility does the government do stuff i don't like you bet and i could go on a big rant about that but i'm not going to because that's a difficult job and we as church it, being in church leadership are going to have to make decisions and sometimes people are gonna, might not be crazy about those decisions but we're doing the very best we can and we would hope that they would bring uh some charity in evaluating the decisions we make and the same thing in our homes so we need to be careful about uh, we we cannot like stuff that the government does and we should participate in the process and vote yes or no or according to our conscience or according to what is uh, in, in the scriptures but the government's going to be deeply unsatisfying we're not going to be satisfied with government until we're under a king yeah. it's going to be corrupt and you look for example in matthew chapter 5 6 and 7 pretty good sermon by a guy who knew what he was talking about and he never mentions how messed up the government is once and and that's a government that was unbelievably corrupt horrifically violent they could just come and carry your children off and what are you going to do there's no such thing as rights there, so there was lots of things to protest against this bad government and he doesn't seem to get around to that and peter even says honor the emperor right and he says pay taxes and these are taxes that are undoubtedly going to uh, support abominations in Rome, sure. right? Horrendously evil stuff. And he doesn't add a little commentary about that. He says, pay your taxes. Yeah. It's, it's curious. And we're, we're all Americans. And so we have a little bit of, uh, you know, how dare you government <laughs> and us. And okay, that's fine. I do too. Yeah, yeah. But, but the council of scripture is that there are authorities and you're not going to like them. And he did not come to deal with the government problem in, in Rome in 2,000 years ago. There were eternal, th there were bigger things. And I think one of our jobs as, as uh, proclaimers of the gospel and shepherds of a church is to address the fact that the politics of our day is designed to exacerbate people's anxiety and fear. This is the most important election of our lives, right? If it goes the wrong way, they're going to come and burn your house down and carry off your kids. You're going to send, they're going to send you to camps and people get really upset. And so one of the things we need to, we should be doing is to remind people that they have a king who ain't going to fall off his throne and he's not going to get voted out of office. 
and he he puts people in the White House and he takes them out yeah. of the White House. And, and that that's a good point because the reason, and I started here, I think the reason that Paul tells us to pray for kings and all those in authority over us is that we might lead peaceful and quiet lives. Amen. Dignified in every way, right? That's our goal, is that we would just be able to lead peaceful and quiet lives. And the world and the worldly system of politics, like you were just saying, is trying to take that away from us. And it's doing a pretty good job. It's using all the 24-hour news stuff and news radio and, you know, there are social media feeds and all of that to try and take that just that peaceful and quiet life away from us. And so we need to be praying and 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 active as we need to be, right? Um, vote when it's time to vote and and but be praying and then go ahead and lead a peaceful and quiet life, knowing that we are waiting for yes. the king. I think that might be a good place to stop. Go ahead, Lee. That sounds like it to me. Uh, does anyone in our last few minutes have any uh, recommendations under the, the library ladder heading? I have one. Okay. So um, related to this, it's a book uh, called The Makers Versus the Takers, What Jesus Really Said About Social, Social Justice and Economics by Jerry uh, Bowyer. And um, this is a really good book. Uh, um, there, of course, like with the others, there's things in it that I don't always agree with. Um, but this is a, a, a look at um, the so the makers, those who are building things in the New Testament in the time of Christ. Um, so the farmers, the 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 uh, merchants, those kinds of things that were making things and building an economy versus the taker class, which is the 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 tax collectors and those who are working around the temple, you know, and so the, the condemnation that he, that Jesus has for them versus the, the championing of, championing of the maker class, those who are making. So that's a really good book if you're interested in those types of things. Yeah, I've got one. Um, it is The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis. What? Now, we really <laughs> like this book in our house. We don't like the cover. Yeah. So it there's a little sticky note on there. You probably can't see it, but it has two CV on there. We do not have time to get into that, but uh, maybe another podcast nice. will explain what two CV is. Uh, but that'd be a we'd be here another hour at least. So we'll we'll put a pin in that. But the book itself, thumbs up to that. Another great book personal devotions or just something to go through it is it it can cut you deeply when you read uh what uh thomas akempis is uh is exhorting you to be and to do but a good read and i would definitely recommend that one and then one for me actually to piggyback on one of your notes steve was uh uh, immediately put me in mind of studies in the Sermon on the Mount by Dr. Martin Lloyd Jones, the Doctor, yes. no relation, <laughs> and because uh, he does such a great job breaking down those really important um, elements in there, uh, and and it really does have something to do with our discussion, but just in general, uh, just a great a great passage of scripture and very easily applicable, uh, despite some folks who tell you not to apply it, uh, but you should. So that's a great book. It's a little thick, but yeah. don't be intimidated. Yeah. All right, Dr. Lee Lloyd-Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Might be time to bless us. 
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.